Hello, and welcome to Ready and Newman's Daily Podcast, your go-to place for common questions about immigration to the United States. Ready and Newman is a team of experienced business immigration attorneys who handle a host of visa categories and complex immigration cases. This podcast will provide an insight into our daily free conference calls hosted by our attorneys, as well as discussions on hot immigration topics. Please note that information provided is not to be construed as legal advice for your specific situation and does not constitute an engagement with Ready & Newman PC or establish an attorney-client relationship. For specific advice on your situation, please contact an attorney. Here's your host. Hi, this is Rahul Reddy. Today is December 14th. The time is about 11.30. Reddy and MPC has been conducting Zoom conference calls from past 10 years. If you have any question, please raise your hand. And if you're a newcomer, please let Gayatri know that you're a newcomer. Um, and if you have never asked a question, please let Gayatri know. Good with the questions. Sartikan. Hello. Hi. Uh, thanks. Thank you so much for this, uh, Rahul Reddy, sir. Uh, I mean, I have a question. So I got my green card in October. So I, I was with the company for the last 13 years. So now how, uh, how early I can get done, get into a new job? So, I mean, some, somewhere it says it's okay, one, 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 one or two days, somewhere it says six months. So what is the right period of time? In case if I want to move early than six months, what are the things that I should do? Nothing. You can move right now. Absolutely. Wherever, who's, whoever said six months is wrong. They don't okay. know what you're speaking about. You so can change the company even before you get the green card also. It's called AC21. Okay. Okay. And also like the, my lawyer said, okay, I mean, if I don't stay there for six months, I have a problem during the neutralization or something like that. So Absolutely I don't need to. Absolutely not. Okay. Okay. Sure. Thank you so Thank much, you. sir. Abhishek. Yeah. Uh, hello, Rao, sir. Thank you for taking my question. Uh, my employer has filed for my EB3 downgrade in October, 2020. Mm-hmm. And my priority date is May 15, 2012. So I'm hoping my EB2 priority date will be current in the next visa bulletin, the January 2022 bulletin. Mm-hmm. My question is whether I should be interfiling or file a fresh EB2 485. My employer is ready to do both, but prefers interfiling and will cover the cost only for interfiling. And my second question is if I wanted to know if I can take a new, I wanted to know if I can take a new job opportunity after interfiling. You can take the job after interfiling. You can take the job within six months though. If you refile, though, you have to wait for six months after, um, after, sure, sure. You, after, after you refile. Okay. Hello? Yes. You got it? So if you, if you refile it, you have to wait for six months before you take a new job. If you interfile it, you can immediately take a new job. And I want you to watch this video before make, you make a decision whether you want to refile or interfile. Okay. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. Okay. So uh, after interfiling, you said I can take up the job right after interfiling and don't have to wait uh, for... For 180 days, you don't have to wait for it. Okay, thank you. Chandrasekhar? Hello, Rahul, sir. Um, So I'll I'll, I'll post my question followed by my scenario. My question is, does having multiple 485Js raise any red flag to USCIS within like one year? So my no, scenario sir. is no, sir. It will not raise anything. Why do you, okay? I mean, okay. you don't have to. You don't have to keep on 
um, doing the 485J supplement, you only do one, okay? And the best way to do is that when, because the reason why when you change the first company, you need to do the 485J supplement is because the current company can withdraw your 485J I-140 and that will cause some problems. Okay. Yeah, but so basically uh, my, my scenario is uh, uh, company A filed for my downgrade uh, EB3 uh, AOS. I was, I'm currently working for company B who filed my 485J since September. Now I have got an offer for company C and they are saying that for the first four to six months, I have to work through a staffing agency, like mm -hmm. a contract to hire position. And the okay. staffing agency- And if you keep on changing the jobs, will it cause any problem? The answer is no. The staffing agency is also going to file a 485. So technically I'll be having three 485Js. That's fine. Not a problem. Okay, sir. And do you recommend the staffing agency to file a 485J or can I just... People filing 485Js right now. Once you file first 485J, don't file it until you get the green card. If you go for the interview of the issue on RFE at that time, file it. Otherwise, I do not recommend filing it. Oh, okay. It's okay. I mean, it's, a, it's not like an uh, um, warning not issue. It's not a must. Next person, please. Okay, thank you, sir. Madhur? Hey, uh, hi, Rahul. Uh, thank you for giving the opportunity. Uh, so I have a question related to my I-94. Uh, my H-1B is approved and it is valid through, through December 2024. And I have a valid visa till January 2022. So I took a chance. I, I had a quick trip to Mexico and my port of entry was Laredo, Texas uh, and it was land port of entry. So at the port of entry, CPP officers says that we, they're gonna, they, they are not going to give me the uh, admission stamp on my passport and they say they will update my I-94. But mm -hmm. from the last uh, four days, I am observing that website. I do not see that update and I'm, I, I, I reached out to them and now they are saying your I-94 is expiring in January 2022. My visa. My visa. My and visa what is I-94 though. Uh, the latest uh, I-129, I-797 approval. The date is uh, December last week, 2024. What's the reason why you went to Mexico? Uh, so reason is I went with my spouse. I want to, uh, you know, extend her H4 because uh, she's working and her visa and H4, I-94 uh, I is valid till January 2022. But uh, they extended? No, they didn't. They didn't extend it her as well because... Yeah, there is nothing. Uh, I mean, practically they have let you come in as if that there is no entry at all. Sometimes they, that's what to do if you go for 30 days and come back in. So they, they, there is uh, no, and uh, there, uh, there is a travel history for both of us, mm -hmm. uh, which says that we entered at Laredo, but there is no I-94, uh, new I-94 generated for both of us and no uh, admission stamp as well. So now my, I mean, like immigration team is saying that since there is a, since they did not provide any I-94, so now my current I-94, which is valid till January 2022, that is now applicable and I need to refile this. So they are asking me to, you know, speak to the port of entry, Laredo port of entry and or the local port of entry, uh, which is Charlotte. So no, what was the option for my I-94? You can come back again. Say that again, sorry. I, you can I, go to Mexico and come back again. Fly this time, don't go on land. Okay, okay. I can do that. And I, this time I should go alone or I, sh I, I can take a chance for my five, wife take as well so that she can... Sorry, take sir. I'm... Take your wife also. 
Okay, okay. So, still, so in case if they do not do I ninety four again, they will do so, it. They will, they will do it for you. I don't know about your wife. Okay, so at the so that that this time I will make sure that I will go by fly by air, not by land port yeah. of entry. Yeah. So again, so there is an I mean, last question is on, on the same thing. So let's say if they do not do, then like I will be in trouble. Like, you contact me after. Come to the conference call again. Okay, okay, sir. Sure. Thank you so Thank much, Rahul, for taking me out. Thank you. Wamshi. Um, hi, sir. Thank you for taking my question. So my spouse is on H4 with, uh, she also has H4 EAD. Uh, we are planning to file H1 for her uh, in March 2022 when it opens up. So let's say her H1 has picked up in lottery and if it gets approved, does she automatically get into the H1 status or Will it be on H4 until we file a change of status? You, when you file the H1 though, normally lawyers will file the change of status automatically though. It's included in the application. Unless the lawyer does a mistake, she should be on H1B automatically in October 1st. I mean, is it an option for us to say, okay, let's not file the change of status, but... Don't do that. Uh, because okay. technically, if you do that, she's not counted toward the H1B number. Uh, and I don't see a purpose. And if you want to switch her back to H4 after she gets the H1B, there are ways to do it by going to Mexico and coming back. So there is no purpose whatsoever at all not to ask for change of status. Okay, okay, all right. N next person, please. Thank you. Andal. Uh, hi, Rahul. Um, thank you for taking my question. Um, Last time I actually have uh, taken your uh, uh, advice regarding my trip to India because my mom is sick and I had to visit her. Um, I have my husband's uh, H, um, EB3 downgraded EAD. However, I'm also on H1. So I wanted to maintain my H1. After coming here, I continued to look for the appointments and I did get an appointment on November 22nd. So I went for the Dropbox uh, visa interview. Um, that, uh, you know, is uh, after 10 business days, I think there's a new SLA from September 1st that they have to uh, change, I mean, uh, update the status, uh, uh, anything by 10 days. So they've changed it to administrative processing. I'm, I'm confused. Are you in India or are you in USA right now? I am in India right now. So what happened with your H-1B stamping? Uh, I'm not eligible for stamping in person, but uh, I'm, I'm eligible for Dropbox. So what? I... Did you got the stamping? No, not yet. The, Why? I went for interview, visa, visa Dropbox interview on 22nd of November. And it is still in administrative processing. Okay. So the answer to the, my question is you're in the administrative processing. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So well, now... You have, you have the advanced roles, right? Yeah, so uh, because I wanted to, even after that, until my husband gets green card, I wanted to maintain my H1 with my employer. So Why? I don't understand it. I, I just cannot understand this. Why people want to trouble themselves, I cannot understand it. It doesn't make logic for me, for you to wait for go for stamping when you have an advanced role there. Um, so it is in the administrative processing from past, I mean, like uh, from past a week. Um, so now, uh, what are the options I have? Like, uh, if I ask yeah. for the withdrawal, you have the Sorry? passport. 
No, I don't. It's in, it's with the embassy. You can withdraw the uh, you can withdraw the H one B and then come back and advance parole. So, what are the impact? Uh, what is the impact if in future if I come back uh, on if I want to go for stamping again? Why? Why do you want to go and put your head again in the lion's den? So, for uh, green card processing, it doesn't interfere anyways, right? Because it's a H one. But again, I don't have. They asked me for a proper reason why I want to withdraw. So, I'm. I want to join a, as soon as possible. I have an advance parole. I don't need this anymore. Okay. Okay. So uh, another question is: I tried uh, reaching out to Cong. I, I actually wrote, wrote an email to Congressman yes. and. Uh, what you're trying to do, ma'am? Your purpose is to come here and get the green card. If that's not the purpose, though, you want to achieve other purposes. I am not willing to help you. No, no, that's Because not the case. My clients wants to just come into United States. They want to get the green card. That is their purpose. They want to go kathakali. They want to do dancing. I am not going to help them. You want to sing. You want to dance. I am not the person. There is another person who will help you for singing and dancing. I am not the person. You can come into United States by just withdrawing your application. You can get the green card if that's not what you want. I am the wrong person. No, no, no. Uh, so I want to do that, but uh, after the administrative crossing, most of the cases are most I don't of the cases so are getting. That. I don't think so. You want to do that? You already messed up there by applying for the visa one. Now you want to go with the congressman. Now you wanted to once you come back, you want to go back again and put your head in the lion's den. I don't understand that. Next yes. question. It like I don't know if there is a possibility or if there is a situation that demands me to go. I just want to understand what is well, the implication. To go and come back, you told me that. Yeah, yeah. So what other possibility you may have? When you have an advance parole to go and come back. So I my my date moved and my employer is saying that they want to file my adjustment of status once I come back. So would that have any problem if I come on EAD like uh, advance parole? Yes, that will have an impact if you come back on it. So that's why I just want to wait for one more week and see if that comes. And then you know, uh, meanwhile I'm also reaching out to congressman and uh, senator. Uh, okay. If they could help expedite, is that a right thing to do, or would there be any use? Or I mean, no? child is now instead of banging the head with a marble, now he wants to bang with a granite. I don't know what to say. You are that kid for me. Next person, please. Thank. I personally myself gave up the H four visa, and I personally myself moved on to the E eight and advance parole. So I, that's the only thing I. I I mean, to tell somebody else to make money to keep beyond the H one B is against my conscience. Though, next person, please. Avish. Hey, thank you, Rahul. Uh, today is my actually first day to join your call, and uh, I'm really excited to get some uh, help from you and support. My question is. Uh, uh, Actually, I text you. I didn't know the procedure over here to join the call and raise a hand. Unfortunately, I texted you, but pardon me for that one. My question is: If an applicant file I one forty and four eighty five concurrently, then I forty I forty four eighty five will stay at a Texas center because only Texas center process the I one forty. So Texas center would like to keep I four eighty five. At their center too, is my understanding correct? Oh, ninety-eight percent of the time, yes. So, 
second question is there probably if I have read it, but I'll, I'll allow for audience that if my applicant file 140 with the premium processing and then file I-485 after 140 approved. Okay. And if does 485 file in premium processing though? Uh, if the I-140 has been filed in premium processing, it can go to either Texas Service Center or Nebraska Service Center. So, so could, could, um, I, could I file on a pending I-140 or should I just wait if I have a time to wait? I would, under the, I, I got your point. What you're trying to do is that you're trying to avoid the Texas Service Center. That's my goal. What is your, so it depends on what is your priority date though. So let's say if I have a time, my second question, if I have enough time, would you, if you allow? Have, if you have enough time, and you got the labor certification right now or you got it before? I got it. I got it. You got it. This is the best strategy I would suggest you. Do the premium processing, get the I-140 approval, then file the 485 application. You have a better chance of avoiding the Texas Service Center. Awesome. Thank okay. you so much. Excellent. Okay. Really helpful. But if your labor certification is not recently approved though. Oh, it's approved last week. So Okay. Then I would file a premium processing, get the I-140 approved, then go accordingly. Awesome. Thanks so much. Next person, please. Everybody wants to avoid Texas Service Center. That's Can a good thing. Hello. Yes, Ravi. Yeah, hi. Uh, uh, this is the first time I was joining this call. So okay. this file, uh, I mean, I just got my uh, H-1B on 2020 October and mm -hmm. I just filed my uh, wife's uh, H F-2 to H-4 and December 2020. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. When is the start date for your H-1B? October 2020, October 1st, 2020. Why did you file your H-4 in December? Uh, my employer said, uh, I, I just got an RFE. So my employer said to wait till your H-1B approved and then file for uh, H-4. Your wife needs to leave the country and then she needs to apply for the H-4 visa because they may not approve the H-4 visa because she applied, you are an H-1B from October 1st. And you didn't file, so from October to December, she's not in legal status. If she's not in legal status, they good chance that the H-4 will not be approved. So it's been like one year, right? So now if she stepped out of- Put the phone off and then have a private consultation. I was thinking that was all happened this year. I want you to put the phone up, have a private consultation. Okay. Okay. That's a big boo-boo you, you guys did it. Next person, please. Pati? Yes. Um, hi, Mr. Rahul Reddy. Uh, thank you so much for uh, taking my uh, call. So I have this scenario. My uh, priority date on EB2 is May 15, 2012, and uh, my employer downgraded uh, to EB3, and I received uh, my EAD cards, uh, myself and my family. And uh, so now uh, uh, dates are retrograded to EB3, so you are aware. Um, is your I-140 approved? Is your I-140 approved? Yes. Okay, keep going. 
um and uh, the we we all got a ead cards and expectation is by next month so in eb2 the dates will become current but my because of downgrade so the first question is is the interfiling or like the recommendations are like can i continue wait for some more time and there is a one more uh, input for you my wife all, um, also has the eb2 um with her employer that is march 2013 so now they wanted to file um, um the 485 there also so here is uh, the inputs like now i am just thinking what all the things that i can do uh, those those are tough questions to answer though these are not legal questions they are more strategic <laughs> if i with you um if you maintain the non immigrant status i'm going to have my wife file the 485 application though okay that's the judgment call if you do otherwise if you don't file your own eb2 or if you just don't file your wife is it something wrong i'm not going to tell i'm not going to answer that question this is just a strategic decision i'm telling you next person please and then i Thank want you. you to watch the video that that uh, i gave a link to everybody just now okay okay thank you hello yes go ahead i'm waiting for your question sir i can't i can't hear you i can't hear you when you have to unmute can you hear me now yes go ahead i can thank hear you. thank you so much rahul thank you so i got my uh, P- Can- canadian pr uh, in 2020 february and mm-hmm. i got my h1b uh, in united states in uh, uh, 2020 august it, it got approved and uh, it it started kicking from october 1st then I, i i got my stamping h1b stamping in canada and i came back to us now i i want to uh, work as a remotely uh, by going back to canada from there so my question is can i work on h1b from canada or anywhere out of the united states well first thing is that you can work in canada that's all i can tell you but you're not working on technically you're not working on h1b though because you are an h1b only when you are in united states yes sir so what are the possibilities that i need to do if i need to work from out of country you can definitely work from canada because you told me you have a green card there Uh, yes pr yes sir yeah you can work from there on h1b in united states no 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 where are you where is your butt going to sit at uh, in canada well then you belong to canada then you're not an h1b if you are in if your butt sits in canada you are a canadian green card holder yes i understood so my employer is asking me to you know work for remotely from canada through united states company work see we us the government of canada the government of united states the government of india does not recognize cyberspace as a space okay if you but is sitting in canada you are subject to the canadian law okay you are canadian subject to the canadian taxes so if you are sitting in canada you are working in canada you absolutely can work because you said that you are a permanent 
resident or green card, whatever you call that in Canada. So you can yes, work. Sir. If you're sitting in India, you're an Indian national, you can work there. If you're coming in United States, you are an H-1B, you can work here. But can you sit here in United States, work for a Canadian company? No, you cannot. Can you sit here, work for Indian company? No, you cannot, because you only have a work permit here in United States for a company called ABC on H-1B. You cannot work for any other company other than ABC. But you're telling me you're a permanent resident or green card, whatever you call it in Canada. You can work for any company in the world. Okay. Do I need to uh, uh, change my designation or file an amendment regarding this? Absolutely not required. You know, you, you can't amend it saying that you're working in Canada because U.S. does not have the authority to approve it. Okay. We don't... Here, okay. Here's one... You are sitting in Canada. You are a permanent resident of Canada. You don't need any paperwork from anywhere. If your butt is sitting in India, can you work in United States without H-1B? Yes, you no. can. Yes, oh, yes, you okay. can. Yes, you okay. can. Why? When I go to Pune, when I go to Hyderabad, I go to this, they all go in the night and start working. They're working in USA. Do they need a H-1B? No, they don't need a H-1B. Because what? Their butt is sitting in India. I'll take the okay. last. Okay, sir. Thank you. I, I think I need a private consultant. I will call you, sir. Thank you. I don't think so. You need it. <laughs> uh, like I'm still not getting through. Uh, when can I work? Okay. Man? Yeah, hi. Uh, thanks, Rahul. Uh, wanted to know about uh, in EB2 V5 situation. The EB3 downgrade I-140 has been approved. Uh, EB2 and EB3 I-140 are separate. Uh, priority date, February 2013. Uh, question is about sending a EB2 application without 485J because employer is causing some delays. Will the application get accepted or it can be rejected? So you're just interfiling EB2 right now. Not interfiling, refiling. Refiling the entire 485 application. Yeah, because it's a no, current not filing. Do not file without 485 supplement. Even if they take it, even if they they may deny it three years, two years down line too. I see. And uh, how to tell the uh, employer that they're saying that this 485J, why should they sign it new? Uh, how to tell them this is continuation of what they have already done? Because they feel they applied for EB3 already. Uh, why another signature? Well, do a TikTok dance and send it to them. <laughs> That's all yeah. I can say. Just making it so difficult to convince them. The simple well, employment verification. You don't know how to. I mean, TikTok dance is the best thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you. I'll take, I'll take the last caller, guys. Game. Km. Yes, sir. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Okay, sir. Uh, here's a, a quick background. Uh, filed I-485 and year ago. Uh, my wife is primary. I am dependent. Um, the date is backlog now. Okay, so that's uh, that story. 
My priority date is current and I'm planning to refile later this month, okay? Uh, my priority date is uh, January 2012, EB2. And another detail is my employer just filed an H-1B amendment and renewal. Uh, they just wanted to make this happen before they do a refile. So an H-1B amendment uh, plus renewal just got filed and it's currently pending. So that's the background, sir. Is your H-1B expiring? Uh, ex H-1B expiring in June, but there's like a change in work location. So, okay. Right. So they just filed it and just got received, recepted. So that's all the background information. So two questions, sir. Um, so they filed for an H-1B amendment and renewal after my priority date be became current, right? They did request for three years. Would I receive one year or three years? Oh, since the final action date is current, you may get one year. Depends on the officer. Got it. Okay. Uh, Follow-up question, sir. Uh, again, as I said, I'm planning to refile uh, the entire application, right? Here is my question. My priority date has been current for a couple of months, right? For whatever reason, I we end up holding off. Is there like a, a set limit for an employer to file a 485 after a priority date becomes current? Uh, the set limit is one year, but okay. there are a lot of valid excuses people can make it though. And a pending file for me is a good valid excuse? We haven't tested these things very many. Got it. And whenever we filed it, they did not even ask any excuses for, from us. Even if it's beyond any year, like at least with what? Okay, okay. But it'll be a new ground to test right now. Got it, got it. Okay. But I, if I were you, I, I am what is your to... priority date? Though? My priority date is Jan 22. Your wife's. Spouse is November 2012. She did a downgrade to EB3. I would definitely refile the application. Okay, okay. Thank you, guys. The next conference call will be tomorrow at 4.30 p.m. Central Time. Thank you for listening to Ready and Newman Daily Podcast. We sincerely hope that you've taken something valuable out of it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. For more information or if you want to make an appointment, check out our websites, rnlawgroup.com and immigrationgirl.com. Have an awesome day.